county sheriff provides an interesting supplemental law enforcement entity within the county. In the case of this particular sheriff, they provide justice center security, so courthouse security, prisoner transport, helping alleviate the burden of local police uh, to transport prisoners around the state, serving civil papers, providing large-scale event security for special events happening within the county, and also foreclosures and property auctions. What I learned from our local sheriff is that the sheriff's office can vary highly between different states and or counties. In some places, they operate like a complete police department, doing everything from issuing tickets to investigating crimes to all of those things. Whereas here in Hunterdon County, the sheriff's office is really supplemental. They don't step on anyone's toes. They don't investigate crimes. They don't write tickets. They really work as a supplemental force to provide additional security and support above and beyond what local and state police are already doing. Please continue listening to learn more about the role of the county sheriff. Welcome to 60 Second Democracy. I am here with County Sheriff Frederick Brown. Really excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Frederick. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here and glad to be able to talk a little bit about what a sheriff does. Lovely. So I usually like to uh, start off with a with a very easy and sometimes interesting question, which is uh, how did you how did you end up getting involved in the in the county sheriff role? Where did uh, where did your related career begin in, in terms of leading you here? Well, I started my career as law enforcement officer in 1976 as a patrolman in Raritan Township, which is a one of the bigger municipalities in Hunter County. I worked my way up all the way from being a patrolman. After 31 years, I became chief of police and uh, retired as chief of that department. And I was actually I was pretty proud of that accomplishment because I wasn't um, an insider. I didn't know anyone. I didn't, I mean, I lived in Hunter County all my life, but I wasn't political and I wasn't involved in Raritan Township politics. So I believe I earned my way up through the ranks and was very proud of that. So I retired in 2007 and um, I realized that retirement wasn't really for me. I went to work at Home Depot um, and I went to work with the plan on running for sheriff in the next election after that. And that was one of the best things that I've done because I had spent 31 years working for the government, working yeah, for the government as a police officer. And working at Home Depot, I learned a little bit about what the other side lives like. That it's not quite as, it's not quite, I mean, the benefits and everything were nowhere near what I was getting as a police officer. And a lot of the um, things that I faced there were very, very different. So it, it did me well to do that. So 2010, I ran for sheriff in Hunter County. Um, it was a, a very interesting campaign. It was a primary campaign for it. So I was running against another Republican. I am also a Republican. And um, the guy that was, I was running against, I had known all my life and we were friends and it was but um, the campaign was very contentious. I mean, it was, it was very, it had never been involved in politics before. And to do that, it was, it was quite shocking to me what was going on. Um, I didn't get the party endorsement 
So I was running not on the top line, I was running on the second line underneath a lot of the um, incumbent uh, people in the county. So, you know, there was said that I had little hope of winning that. And I ran a campaign by going and knocking on doors. And I knocked on literally every Republican door in, in, in Raritan Township. And I tried to hit as many other municipalities as I could. And frankly, I won by a landslide. It was not even close. And so that was, um, I'm in my fifth term now. That's a three-year term. I'm in my 13th year right now. And it's, um, it's, been, it's been very good. It's been very, very rewarding. And very, it's different, much different than being a regular police chief or a police officer but it's been very interesting and very rewarding. That's great. And, you know, at that time, after that uh, challenging election, I guess, did you have any idea what you were getting into? Did you really understand what the role was before you got into it? Well, I did know what the role of the sheriff does. And the role of sheriff, basically, it's, it's spelled out. Um, it's Justice Center Security, which is basically courthouse security, and I'm in charge of security of all the judges. Um, it's prisoner transporting. So if a person, if there's a warrant, and for a person in Cape May, we'll drive to Cape May and pick them up and bring them back to Hunter County, and also serving civil papers. So that and of it was was fairly easy. Um, it was you know getting more involved and and to this day I, I stay out of the politics as much as I possibly can but certainly politics are involved I I believe the first my first re-election I was unopposed so there was no issue whatsoever with that one and then each of the next three after that I've been um I have been challenged by a um a democrat and fortunately I've won everyone quite you know, quite reasonably. So it's been very good. And, you know, you, when you describe the role, and I'd love to get into that a little more, you know, you describe it as uh, pretty straightforward, right? Justice center security, prisoner transporting, serving civil papers. Uh, I guess I would wonder for such a straightforward role, you know, why, why, for instance, is the other party interested in, in, you know, unseating you potentially what what is the what is the interest in the competition for a role like con county sheriff do you believe well it's it's first of all let, let me just go back to those are the three core functions we have gone much further beyond that we um we handle i mean anything any that has a special event coming up that they ask us we'll go out and we'll provide security for that special event we are currently covering security at many of the schools in hunter county uh, we do house of worship checks daily and even on the weekends we have people come in and just strictly to do that because of the environment that we're in right now we try to make it safe for everybody uh, the departments you know, we don't try to take over any police department, but anytime we're asked for assistance in doing something for them, for the local departments, we do. That goes from picking up prisoners at their police station to we have an ALCO test machine at our justice center so we can um, have either the officer or one of our people could run ALCO tests for drunk drivers. 
we do uh, holdings for um, John's law to where, you know, a person has to be released to a responsible adult. We'll hold them for up to eight hours while they get that person to come in. So we go much up, much further than just the core responsibilities. <clears throat> and it is, it's pretty prestigious to be the sheriff because it's on near the top of the line. So, um, you know, most people, and obviously the Democrats are independents that would, it, it's a good position to get. And many times if you get that, you can carry other people with you. So it, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of an honor to be the sheriff, really. That makes sense. And when you, you know, mention carrying other people with you, do you mean sort of in, in, in what other arenas in, in other forms, in other areas of law enforcement, just in, you know, county or, or local government? Local government, mainly. It's, you know, it, it, it gives them something that I don't want to say coattails, but a lot of times if they vote across the party line and, you know, I'm happen to be the sheriff and they're going to vote for me, a lot of people will just go right down the line at that. Nice. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> So are there, you know, you, you mentioned a few more roles and responsibilities, which I really, you know, appreciate. Are there, are there any other kind of key tasks or interesting responsibilities, you know, as it relates to law enforcement or how the county operates uh, that you're involved in? I'd love to, to understand a little bit more about that. One of the other things that we do is foreclosures, which it's certainly not a um, pleasant event, but we do foreclosures. Um, they're, when I first came in, there was a moratorium on them, and they started back about probably three or four years ago. And like today, I have there's four that are scheduled for closure sales. So what we do is I hold it just like an auction. Um, the property goes up for bid, and people bid on it, and the winning bid then, and they end up by going through a foreclosure, you get a clear title on a piece of property. So that's something that I never would have thought that I would have been involved in, but yet it's, um, it's part of being a sheriff and part of what we do. And you're saying whether or not those are happening, that's being determined at the state level. But if that is happening, then you're the one who has to orchestrate that sale. Yes. yes. Yeah. And you know, on a on a regular basis, what are the relationships look like with the other law enforcement agencies and entities within the the county? I know you mentioned there's prisoner transport and support, but you know, how does that work under states of emergency or or normal operations? How do you all interact together? We work very closely together. I'm a member of the Chiefs of Police Association, so we meet monthly on that and. And we discuss any issues that there are. I mean, if somebody had trouble getting, well, one of the things we do is if a local department takes a person to the hospital for either injury or uh, possibly withdrawals, things like that, to where they're going to be admitted to the hospital, we send officers up and take over guarding them so the police officers can get back on the road where they're needed. So, and that's very much appreciated by the local departments. And we have a very, very good, working relationship with all of the uh, departments in Hunter County. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I understand all this very clearly. Do you have your own group of officers that work for you that are independent then of the, you know, town police and the state police? Oh, yes. We have 24 sheriff's officers right now and uh, 11 corrections officers. 
uh, our jail, which at one point we had a hundred county jail uh, closed in 2015 because we were having almost as many corrections officers as we did prisoners because the prisoners were keep going less and less each year. So we contracted with, at that point, Somerset County, and they housed our inmates. So we would have to take an inmate that was brought by the local department to our justice center. We would then transport them to Somerset County, where they would be held as a regular jail. Um, after six years with them, I believe it was six, we switched to Warren County Jail because they gave us a better price. And we now take our prisoners to Warren County. So that also involves that if they got a court date in Hunter County, we have to pick them up and warn and bring them back here. But it's it's been very, very beneficial so far as monetarily. We've um, saved many millions of dollars by doing it that way. And so if that is the case, it, in general, if there were a prison in Hunter County, you would be the one who was operating it. But you're saying that yes. that no longer made financial sense. So you you. And were you the one who made the decision to effectively end the run in that prison or did that also involve other state officials? No, it was actually one of our freeholders, which was John King. He um, had heard that there was another uh, county jail in New Jersey that had closed and saved money by doing it. And he's the one that started looking into it. And then he assigned me to um, work out some of the details on what it would cost. And it, it like I said, it, it's been very very good for Hunter County. It's worked out very well. And we're down to like today, we're at 28 inmates. So the inmate number with bail reform has gone way, way down. And, you know, so it, it kind of makes sense to have a consolidated jail. Yeah, I can imagine just the pure operational costs of a prison are probably pretty high for that amount yes, of most definitely. And, you know, outside of this, you know, what are the are there any other use cases in which you deploy your force in the county? It sounds like mostly prisoner related and security uh, related functions. Yes, um, generally security or if if a now obviously we have officers that are out on the road all day and if they happen to come across an accident, they will hold the accident down, they'll treat the injured and they'll await the arrival of the local department to actually do the report. But then we act as an assistant. We do um, traffic, you know, everything that's associated other than the actual reports. Gotcha. And and does that include like, you know, ticketing for speeding and that kind of stuff as well, or not that? We do not, we don't have any radars and we do not do that. And the main reason we don't do it is because it also would involve court time and it would take away from having officers available for what we need them. So we let that go to the local departments and state police. And, and again, even with the state police, we have a very good working relationship with them. And that was the whole intent. It wasn't to step on anybody's toes and take over anything. We're going to be there to assist. And that means uh, missing persons. If there's a um, uh, lost person, we'll send out people to search. We also do something called Project Lifesaver, which is a bracelet that a person with dementia or Alzheimer's has that tracks their movements. If they leave it, if they leave the area and we're notified, then we can go out and with a radio transmitter locate them. And that's been also very successful. And we're at, oh, I think, 37 or 38 clients at this point that there's no charge to do that. We just do it as a service to the community. That's great. 
And you had mentioned, I think, in the beginning that you were part of a group of uh, a, a sheriff's association. Was that? I am, a, I am a member of the Sheriff's Association in New Jersey, but I'm also a member of the Chiefs of Police Association in Hunter County. So That's with those chiefs, you know, we all get together and um, discuss policies, procedures, and also have a very good working relationship with the Hunter County Prosecutor's Office. And, you know, I guess uh, one question I would love to understand, you know, obviously there's been a lot of interest in, in the general topic of policing in the last five years or so. You know, are there moments when you all are getting together to, you know, discuss as a county any shifts or new laws or regulations as it relates to, you know, policing and how everyone's going to handle this in the county? Are those decisions, you know, made and or figured out how to implement and discussed on a county level or is that kind of done individually? I'm just curious about how that that process works. It is done primarily through the prosecutor's office. They they go down, you know, they get the the new policies from the attorney general, and then they disperse them down to all of us, including the sheriff's office. Uh, but we do, as you said, we do talk about them and try to figure out the best way to implement them and to comply with them. And the state sheriff's association also does very similar. We go over all of the, they have also have monthly meetings and we go over all the new laws, new legislation. And, and, you know, so everybody's kept up to date on all the changes because there have been so many. And, and I, and you mentioned a few of them, but are there any other key, you know, meetings and functions that you kind of attend to, whether they're public or, you know, related to, you know, law enforcement in general that are just a regular cadence within your, your role? Um, we, the, well, there, there, there are several, there's, um, uh, we have a, a group formed for, um, uh, the name slips my mind right now, but it's for houses of worship for all different faiths. And it's where all both church leaders and law enforcement get together and talk about issues that may be, you know, in the community right now. So we do that. There's juvenile justice. I'm a member of the Youth Services Commission, which talks about problems with youth and problems of getting um either treatment for youth or in some cases incarceration it's so they're they're just a, a whole bunch of th things that we do other than you know other than really do police work a lot of it is um, meetings and and taking up time doing them and just you know purely as a function of your role are there any you know, public meetings every certain once in a while that people can attend to discuss, you know, issues that relate to county sheriff? Yes, or... so, so certainly there's the commissioner's meetings, which are twice a month, the first and third Tuesday, and actually one is tonight, and I attend all of the commissioner's meetings, and, you know, and would answer any questions that are brought up, very few do come up, but I am there, just in events that there is any questions for our department. What uh, do you have any examples of of projects or changes you you've been able to make uh, since you've been county sheriff that you're particularly proud of? Well, one of the, one of one of the big ones was the Alka test machine, having them at a central location in the county, and that a person can be brought in, can be administered a test. If he's found to be drunk, we will hold them for eight hours until they can get a responsible adult to pick them up. And again, the point of that was that it gets cops back on the street where they're needed 
and not sitting watching it drunk, basically. The other is the uh, prisoners that are at the medical center. The fact that we can have an officer go up and sit with them because they obviously, if they're under arrest, they have to be guarded. We do that, which saves the um, municipality that officer. Gotcha. And again, our our point was or is to assist, not to take over, but to assist. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, you mentioned the the Alka test machine, and and this is just out of pure curiosity because I know these have come into play. Like, is that also was that a significant expense? Is it more the location or is that also a more accurate than, you know, field testing or things that you can, you know, do uh, ad hoc? Well, in, in currently right now, the machines, we have two machines at the justice center and both were donated to us by local departments that didn't have the manpower to have them at their own stations. So they have them this year on our capital budget. I put in for one machine that would be, um, and it to be used in addition to any that we get from a local department. There's a new machine that's come out and we've ordered that and that'll be in shortly. So that there is a little bit of an expense on that. But um, again, it's for the good of good of the community on that. So it, it was a good investment. That makes sense. Are there any other interesting examples of, of kind of resource sharing or either you buying something or helping support departments like that in, in terms of equipment or, or other things that are helping local local departments um well we, we we do so many things we assist at the range we do all the brass cleanup we have actually um slap which is a, a inmates that are sentenced to weekends rather than have to go to jail and lose their job they come in and they help us on weekends and they clean up the brass at the range and keep the range in good operating condition and again all of that saves money we've also using that program we've uh, painted um, park signs throughout the county. And every time they do something like that, it saves manpower on the county's side to where they'd have to pay somebody to do it. So the whole thing is trying to keep everybody, you know, the budget in order and try to keep, um, as, make it as useful as we possibly can be. That's great. And you, you kept uh, mentioning the range. Is that a, a specific law enforcement range that's for the whole county or? That's correct. It's a law enforcement range for the county, and it's used by almost all departments. There's a couple that have their own, but it's there for anybody that needs it law enforcement-wise. That makes sense. Uh, and, and in contrast to my last question, are there any examples of any projects or, or changes that you would have liked to implement that have eluded you thus far or, or that you ultimately did implement but that were very difficult to, to put through? Um, I think I'm I'm very satisfied with those that we've we've accomplished. Like I said, we've accomplished a lot when you look at the core responsibilities. We've really gone above and beyond on that. Um, I I think I'll leave it at that. It's I'm very satisfied with where we're at right now. Sure. Yeah, I just meant if there was anything that you said, hey, we we got this done, but it took us five years and it was really difficult to to accomplish and required a lot of people to to get it done. And actually, Andrew, the the commissioners, formerly freeholders, have been very agreeable to me. And I honestly, I don't go and ask them for a lot. They've been very agreeable whenever I've needed anything to um, helping us out and getting it. Right. Yeah, that's a lovely answer. You don't you don't 
you know, no, nobody's wishing any uh, further difficulty upon you. You know, when I've asked that question to state senators and other folks, you know, they they talk about sometimes how their projects can take years and years and years before they, you know, pass legislation or or do things like that. You know, this is this is a, a question again. I ask everyone: um, Do you think that there are any powers of your office that are you know surprising or excessive and i don't mean just for you but for a you know a county sheriff in general do you think there's anything that is you know surprising or unusual that you can do that perhaps you didn't expect being in law enforcement for so many years to start with um i would probably answer that no because you know i have worked with sheriffs and i've been on the other side of the I also part sheriffs go and you know I I pretty much knew what I was getting into and like I said I've, I've expanded uh, much more than I ever actually thought I would have I mean so far as numbers go of officers and all it's increased quite a bit but again they're all being utilized to the fullest so it's been a good good investment that's great um and are there you know, any, I guess, powers within the office or, or things that you wish you could do as a county sheriff that, uh, you know, are sort of outside of your purview? Well, I did request this probably five years ago um, to be able to, and it wouldn't require legislation. And I had a state senator actually introduce a bill to allow the sheriff's office to either issue firearms permits or permit to carries. And that was denied in the assembly shot it down so it never went and i think that would have made really good sense because it would have been a central location rather than each department having to do it on their own but um, they have improved the system to where it's much quicker now than what it had been so you know i kind of hope that maybe my pushing to get a sheriff to be able to do it maybe that spurred that they move the whole system along a little bit better uh i have heard in our county that that it can be a highly variable experience so i think uh, what you were pushing for makes some sense and that's what seems to be lacking so many times in government is common sense so we need yeah. more of that in government absolutely um how much if any do national politics uh you know impact or or come into your role whether that's through conversation or or legislation or otherwise well like um take abortion, for instance, I get asked what my opinion is. And it really, I mean, we have no control over that and no, you know, so, you know, I try to stay out of a lot of the, a lot of the um, national politics, be, just for that reason that I can't change it anyway. And so sometimes you're better off just keeping your mouth shut and letting things fall where they may when you can't change it. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, if if any, what is the most common misconception you encounter with the public when it comes to your your role? I think that uh, the public in general does not understand that the scope of what the office does is more limited than what it is. They think that as as it is, and actually, it's not just our people here, but take Maryland for instance. Their sheriff's office does everything so far as from routine patrol to speeding to uh, criminal investigations, they do it all because they don't have their local departments. But here, somebody will call me and ask, well, you know, I, my house is broken into, why can't you 
do something about it. And that's where the local department comes in. You know, we're there to assist the local department, but not to, you know, we don't have the um, means actually to do the investigative work that they do with this size department. You know, it would take, we'd have to have detectives and then you're going to be interfering with some other agency. If they change it all, that'd be different, but there's no way that we're going to go to a county sheriff's office that'll take care of all investigations. And that's the biggest misconception from the general general public. They don't understand that we're very narrow in what our scope is. And you may not know the answer to this, but what you're saying essentially is that on a on a state by state level, that can have a wide variety. There are some folks that are county sheriffs in other states, like in Maryland, you're saying where they actually uh, their responsibility encompasses what normally local law enforcement would do. So they are maybe covering where we have state police and local departments. They're covering gaps in in law enforcement. Absolutely, yes, that exactly what I mean. And and I did um, I've. Twice I went to Washington DC, met with other sheriffs, and it was it was quite enlightening, so to speak. Um, a sheriff from Wyoming covered like it was over a hundred square miles, and there would be one sheriff's officer at with the one end. And if he needed a backup, sometimes it would be an hour before he could get another officer there. And but they did everything, but you know, they were the only ones that were there to do it. So it's it is very strange different i mean florida they use sheriffs an awful lot also they're um they do regular patrols they cover most of the airports they're very busy so but they're also very huge too they have, they have a tremendous number of um officers yeah that's interesting uh funny enough when i mentioned to one of our listeners that uh i was interviewing a sheriff soon they uh, brought up the show Longmire, which is about a sheriff in Wyoming and how much territory he has to cover. Yes, <laughs> when he brought that up, I thought, there they go. They got they got their wish. They want to know how close your job was to Longmire. So, yes. And, uh, you know, I guess because we're we're New Jersey and, and we're so close to New York that uh, there isn't really much of a role for our local law enforcement at our airports, I'm assuming. And and any borders or or anything like that because we have uh the bridge tunnel authority and all those separate yes, entities yes. Right? now i do believe mercer county sheriff covers um the mercer airport um they do that but again that's a more of a regional airport and you know they're there for that security yeah so probably same as with trenton as well but not uh newark and yeah right right what skills or experiences do you think someone needs to uh, be a county sheriff? Well, certainly law enforcement background has been a huge help. However, under the New Jersey Constitution, it's not required. Anybody could run for sheriff and anybody could get it. So um, that goes to a little bit into the politics that, you know, you, um, you could run. But again, I can't stress enough that uh, a being a cop is what really helped me to know how to handle a lot of the things that we've had here. Yeah. And uh, if you were, I guess, giving any advice to any, uh, any, you know, former police officers who are, you know, just becoming county, county sheriff out there, is there any advice you would give them for getting into their role and, and kind of moving out of traditional law enforcement to the, the county role? Um, I suppose it would just 
um, keep very involved in community activities and you know things that are going on in the community and that would be the biggest help that's great uh this is just a, a sort of fun and open question but uh if you had a, a magic wand and could make any uh any change in the county that you would want to make is there is there anything that's top of mind for you that you would love to be able to do for for Hunterdon county mm. You know, nothing that I can think of right now. We've, we've, I mean, I would like to see all the schools have police officers in them, whether it was done through a sheriff's office or local police. I do think that's immensely important to have a uniformed officer in every school, because I think it does two things. Number one, for security, but number two, when kids, and we've had this so many times happen, when young people meet a uniformed officer on a good side, it can change their outlook for police completely. You know, it's, I mean, they might go home and maybe told, you know, police are bad or anything, but when they meet them firsthand, they realize that they're simply other parents. They're simply other humans and, you know, and it may, makes a big difference. Back to your community thread. I like yes. it. <laughs> one other question for you since i was uh interviewing some other county folks as well you know how often are you interacting with you know other folks in the county office i know you mentioned the the prosecutor but uh you know other other elected and, and government officials you know what kind of cadence or or necessity to interact with them do you have literally daily i mean there's not a day goes by that i don't talk to somebody else either in the um the legal department, we have our own uh, county council. Um, you know, we have to do contracts and um, memorandums of agreement with different schools about having our officers there. Um, just it's everybody has got to work together in order to make it work. And that's the way it is right here in Hunter County. Everybody does work together. We put aside all the political differences to get a job done. And that works very well here. That's great to hear. Well, unless you can think of of anything I'm I'm missing, I feel like uh, we really covered a lot. Andrew, I think you covered it all. So I, thank <laughs> you for the opportunity to talk to you. Please, thank you so much, Frederick. I really genuinely appreciate the time, and thanks for all you do for the county. And uh, yeah, see you around at some point, hopefully. Very good. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to another podcast of 60 Second Democracy. I hope that you enjoy what you're learning here. I know I'm learning a lot. Please leave comments, subscribe, and in general, let me know whether you're enjoying this, whether you have ideas for other ways to approach this, or other folks to interview to learn more about what's happening in your town or your democracy. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on all platforms where podcasts are available. Thanks for listening.